Hey guys, welcome back to the Black and the Beast podcast where we'll talk about the beauties of being black and the beasts that we deal with daily. Today's episode, we're going to talk about anxiety in the black community. We're going to talk about the experience of anxiety in the black community, not just the impacts, not just exactly, you know, what it is, but the experience. Thank you guys for coming back. I apologize for not having an episode last week. There was some te- technical difficulty, but we back, baby. We back. All right. So, once again, welcome back and thank you guys for joining me. I just want to put out there that first off, I am not a licensed therapist or or anybody psychologist. I'm just a black girl who lives in this country with anxiety every day and just the different forms of anxiety that you know we deal with just experience alone I just wanted to talk about that aspect of it because I think a lot of us we have this thing that we live with this tension we deal with every day but we don't know how to address it necessarily so I do think that that's a conversation that we need to have and uh, if you agree with me go ahead and you know like subscribe share this with other people but I want this to be a platform as usual for starting a conversation uh, so that's that's what the goal of this is. I'm going to talk about my experiences, uh, just the different things that I deal with and the things that I witness, so the different microaggressive tactics or not necessarily tactics, but just the microaggressive actions that take place every day that are triggering, but we ignore it and brush it off as life because anxiety is just a part of life in the black community here and it's not just the black community anxiety is a universal illness it it's not like it stays away or it it attaches itself exclusively to one community but the experience is entirely different everywhere that you go there are anxieties that i will never understand that come from the hispanic community just like their their anxiety and there's anxiety in the black community that others in the lighter region of the world would never understand you feel me so i just wanted to talk about that with respect to everyone in in everyone's situation when it comes down to anxiety i do feel like this is a conversation universally that we should open up not just in the black community but we're here to talk about us today so thank you guys thank you guys for joining and let's get into it All right. So first, like I said, I want to talk about my experience with anxiety. And I want this to kind of be as intimate as possible in terms of the integrity in the conversation. I want to be honest and candid about all of this, because I do feel like this is something that you have to first get comfortable with talking about. I think in the black community, when it comes down to different forms of mental illness, be it severe or minor mental illness, it becomes a taboo subject because we don't necessarily know how to deal with it. We don't know how to talk through our feelings like we don't know how to even allow our men to talk to their feelings and we don't know how to address them internally we we mask everything with this layer of strength that sometimes it's impenetrable in places that need to be penetrated and that's just real you feel me we care about our bodies so we'll talk about going vegan we care about our career so we'll talk about work hard but when it comes down to our mind and and the one thing that runs all of these different things it's a little bit harder for us to have that conversation and that's not necessarily fair to us as a people because if anything it's a deterrent from growth like for example 
how many people genuinely outside of the famous uh, black community do you really hear talking about their anxiety in a way that that is expressive or in a way that's not suppressed not just because it came up in conversation but because they felt that it was necessary to 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 open up that conversation in their group of peers you don't or now when you acknowledge or when you look at the different things in terms of anxiety you have to pay attention to the fact that the people around you you pay attention to their different symptoms of anxiety. You start to catch it, but it's not necessarily a conversation that you opt to start. That is a problem in the black community. A problem so much that I feel like when it comes down to empathy, that's a part of where our disregard comes from. I don't think that we give enough people credit in understanding that it's hard out here for all of us. On top of having to work a little bit harder than the average person, on top of having to understand things a lot differently than the average person, on top of just having to maneuver through this world differently than the average person, we deal with these different things. Like, for example, I can I can be candid with you. I'm a black girl in America with a daughter. I got to worry about that shit. And I'm currently pregnant with a son. And I have to worry about that shit. When I walk into stores with hoodies on, I have to worry about the fact that it kind of just feels like everyone in there is accusing me of stealing, even though I don't have a stealing bone in my body. <laughs> like, back in the days when LimeWire was popping, nigga had a whole album on her shit, but <laughs> today, no, not necessarily the case, okay? I have a job, I have my own car, my own place, you feel me? So I have all of these different things that should reinforce some type of confidence, but when I go out, because I'm black, a part of me assumes that other people don't realize that. Now, that's a big part of anxiety the assumption the assumption that the worst is going to come from things the assumption that that people look at you in a room full of people and find something about you in particular you know it's not necessarily about the reality of it because anxiety is not reality anxiety is a bunch of outrageous ass thoughts and outrageous scenarios that you don't understand it's a culmination of you and your community but you know they're just there and how do you get rid of them? You know, so I just think that, you know, that aspect of it, those levels of it, it's it's so varying. It's so varying. But in my life and in my experience, I've learned to just kind of talk about it. When it comes down to people and feelings, people don't just feel. They need something to trigger those feelings. And that's something that I've witnessed and I've paid attention to for a while. So why not just talk about it? Hey, I I can't have a conversation with you unless we find a resolution now because so frequently I've experienced the conversation changing in air without me knowing. You know, like <laughs> that's that's a result of my anxiety. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're thinking about. Not that I should care, but I do. And I can't tell you why. It's one of those things. That t- that requires a therapist. But <laughs> realistically, that's what it is. And then on top of that, it's just just to deal with everyday life. It's really hard to deal with people sometimes and and them genuinely 
care or find concern in what's going on in your head because we're all so busy. What's going on in their head is more important. So I I frequently tell people to check on your friend that's good. Check on the quiet friend. Check on the friend that rarely complains because that person, nine times out of ten, is either really at peace or really tormented in a place that you don't understand. (laughs) And not to say that that's, like, funny or anything like that, but it's just when you think about it on a grander scale, it's like there's no protection for the one thing that matters the most, and that's your mind. Like... Just as a, as a black woman in America, my level of anxiety and the different things that trigger me are, I feel substantially different than probably the same things that trigger a black man. Like, I have to be careful at work because I feel that if I go to him on realistic complaints or realistic concerns that I just become the angry black girl and now, now we got to get her out. Or what it feels like to truly express when you're overwhelmed. You know, like there's anxiety behind behind the response from others when you say, hey, I'm overwhelmed. This is what I'm dealing with or just in parenting and the, the, the hardships of being a single parent, being a married parent, just being a parent in general. The hardships of having to understand that one day you're going to have to have a conversation with them that's distinctively different than the conversation other people are having. When they get ready to go out and go to the movies with their friends, like just as a as a black woman, you got to pull from that black woman's strength and, and have the conversation with them. Hey, it might not be your fault. Things might get ugly. Or you have to be careful with your daughter. Hey, you're 12, 13, 14 years old. I need you to talk to me about all the boys you like, all of them, even the ones that tell you not to say anything. I need you to have that conversation with me. It's just all of the different demons that we deal with every day. You feel me? It's like, just that alone is triggering. You have to think about it after a certain time when you're driving down the street. If a cop pull up behind you, you you get scared. Your anxiety is triggered at that point because you can just be on your way home from work or on your way to work. And now you have this whole other issue that might possibly turn into something extravagant for the media. It might turn into something different just in your life. And that's across the board. That's not black women, black men. That's just across the board. You don't know nowadays. Or when you're walking through the store and... The fucking sensors are beeping at the door when you walk out. They're going to assume that it's me, even though there are 10 other people walking out the store with me right now. It's just one of those those things. And it's really hard to address. to address. It's also really hard to accommodate. But I think that, you know, that's something that we have to look into genuinely. Like, when it feels like you're not enough. And that's because... Your mind is constantly running and running and running and running. And where you are enough, you see potential to be more. But it starts to become something really dark because just the physical side of of that or not physical, but just that that mental depiction of seeing more of yourself, it turns into kind of like a nightmare. It goes from a dream to a nightmare because now you figured out everything that can go wrong between now and meeting that potential. You have to listen to people talk about a justice system, an educational system. You have to listen to people talk about a history, all things that neglect you as a person. That's triggering when you have family and we all have family. 
I have cousin in prison right now, and it's kind of, it's a, it's one of those things where it is concerning when you're looking at the news and the media, and they don't treat our men the best. They don't treat men the best. Period in prisons, but it's just one of those things where it's a distinct difference in the dehumanizing of him as a man when he comes home. What is he gonna think of think of himself in the grander scheme of the public? All of the things that have changed and on top of all of the things that have changed, the things in him that have changed that haven't adjusted to the, the world that we live in, technology, fashion, all of those things today, you know, we don't talk about those things. Those are a few of like my life experience, like just the experiences that I have, like I was, I, I mean, I can say a huge part of some of the anxiety that I have every day is like, I don't, I got anxiety around men as a black woman, just like as, as a black woman. Yeah. I can say that in my life, you know, I've experienced the different cycles and traumas that come with that. I've experienced the different cycles and traumas that come with being a pretty black girl. So it's one of those things where my introduction into the, some of the most beautiful things in life were tarnished at a very young age. And then, over time <laughs> became more and more tarnished so i have to deal with anxiety at the fact that i'm about to have a young man eventually at some point in my life i have to deal with a man every day that i kind of like i i don't have words to <laughs> to say but you can kind of guess but it's just the those different things i don't trust you you know, like I can't trust certain things and it's not fair because these things are a result of life. But how do you trust what you don't know and how do you trust what you know from experience can go bad? That's anxiety. Anxiety is not being realistic, trying to figure that out. So those are a few, like I said, a few of my experiences in terms of anxiety and what goes through my head. But even with that, I want you to go back and possibly listen to this twice so you can hear all of the 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 rant and, and the emotion, the different thoughts, the different angles, how sometimes shit's all over the place. But that's because with anxiety, it's a constant attack of thoughts. You have to find something to center you. I'm sitting right in front of some crystals, some sage, and some candles just to get my mind in a better place because that's something that works for me, but not many people sit down and try to figure out what works for them. So I do think that, you know, like we should, we should do that a little bit more. But I just wanted to express to you that anxiety has many faces, minor to extreme, It can be, hey, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go to the store. When I get to the store, I'm going to experience a Mike Brown or Trayvon Martin scenario. It can be, hey, I'm going to go to the store and loss prevention is going to have me locked up in a room for 10 hours. It could be, hey, I'm going to go and get me a pack of this or get me X, Y, and Z. And even though it's legal, even though it's this, the cops going to pull me over and I'm going to end up in prison. The anxiety is in the fact that, hey, regardless of my situation, I am this version of a mother. I'm not good enough. I will never be good enough. Those are all results of anxiety that slowly turns into depression. You you don't want to go out. You want to become a recluse. You don't want to deal with certain people or certain things. All of those things come from somewhere. 
And I think that it's time for us to address them. We can't necessarily relate to every form of anxiety, but I think that maybe if we sat down and thought about the humanity in us, it would give us room to get there. It would definitely give us room to get there. So, yeah, I want to talk I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but let's get into, you know, some of my ideas as to what I feel might be able to soften the blow of anxiety in our community and force us to be able to grow with or without. So next, I want to have the healing part of this conversation, potentially. I want all of us to sit back and to start paying attention to certain things in our everyday life. If you say... That that's making my nerves bad. What is it? What is making your nerves bad? What is causing you to feel a level of tension that you don't experience on a regular basis or that is unusual from the average tension you deal with daily? When you say, hey, now I'm a little nervous, you feel me? When you say that, what are you talking about? Like, what are you genuinely talking about? Remove yourself from the scenario and figure out what it is at its root. That's the issue with anxiety. We don't try to figure out things from their root. We kind of name it and then brush it off. If you're saying, hey, my nerves are bad because I texted this person and they never responded. Well, why is that bothering you? Because that's anxiety. What is it about that person that you don't trust? What is it about you that you don't trust when it comes to that person? We don't address those issues. Or when you like, like, for example, like I said a little bit earlier, when you're driving down the street and you see the cop sitting on the side of the road and his motorcycle on his motorcycle, like, why are you triggered? Why do you feel nervous when you're innocent, when you haven't done anything? What would make you feel better in a day-to-day life in terms of addressing those things? What will cause you to cater to that experience in a way that you cater to, to joy? In the way that you cater to what makes you feel good? Why don't you cater to what makes you feel bad just to understand it so that you can grow? Because that's a part of what it is. When you're at work and you're being pushed around, why don't you say anything? What is the real reason you don't say anything? Where does the anxiety behind saying something come from? Have you been silenced your whole life? Do you feel like you're not enough? Have you have you not had enough positive affirmation? What is it? When you're sitting in a room by yourself and you cannot stop thinking and all you're doing is thinking and thinking and thinking and you're thinking yourself into a hole because half of the stuff that you're thinking about you can't do anything about it in that time two o'clock in the morning you just up thinking about bills that you got to set payment arrangements for but you can't set a payment arrangement at two o'clock in the morning but that don't stop you from thinking about it why is it obsessive why do you obsess over the resolution why do you worry so much Address that. That's the first part of growing through this pain is addressing what the hurt is, addressing where that pain and that fear, where do, where do these things come from? Is it because when I was a kid, I was the last one to get picked at X, Y, and Z? 
Is it because when I was a kid, I was always told to stay in a kid's place and no one listened to me? Is it because when I was a kid, all I saw was my friend Martin and all of these other movies and all of these other slave stories that depicted me on a rope or depicted me in a shed with some old white dude or depicted me and my experience as something negative or something to not find joy or light in? You have to pay attention to those things because I think that we don't and that would definitely help with our anxiety because one thing that it would one thing that that would do it would eliminate difference. We are all the same. We have the same anxiety. We have the same the same experience when it comes down to these things. Just when you're worried about not being good enough, trust me, there's somebody else in the room that's worried about not being good enough too. Maybe if you guys sat down, talked to each other, you would understand that, hey, we are both good enough. Let's go and show them. You feel me? When when you are sitting there and you're overworked and you're humbled in that experience, you have to think, hey, either I stay here because I'm not good enough to go anywhere else. Or I understand the value of my strength and my work and I do what qualifies to me or what qualifies for me. You feel me? It's one of those things where at some point we have to look past the physical. We have to look past the monetary aspect of life. We have to look past the capitalistic aspect of life and really sit down and think about us. Think about what would improve our day-to-day experience in a world that has neglected us so frequently. We don't do that. Mental illness is not just cured by a couple bars. If it were, then people wouldn't be barred out. If that's it was out, if that was the case, it's not cured by a simple blunt. And if it were, people wouldn't always be high all day. There's something slowing the thoughts, and there's something making those thoughts run. But nothing is being done to truthfully address those thoughts, not stop them, but address them and understand them. We're taught to mask them, which doesn't do anything for us. So this part of the conversation, like I said, in terms of healing, I just want people to sit down and understand that you can be a part of growth. It's hard to go and pay for a therapist to talk to every week on Fridays. It's hard for you to get up and and like some of us don't have it. We don't have a support system around us that isn't more masculine or isn't desensitized to feeling some of us if you sit there and you start talking about your pain and what's going on in your head some people kind of just disregard you as crazy because that's what we've done as a community we need to work to change that to change the stigma around mental health and not resolving certain things about it i understand that it's a conversation that has that is being had more now but we need to have it at a lower level in the hood they're not talking about the anxiety not the way that they're talking about it in the suburb. It's two different experiences. In the hood, when you walk outside and you scared that you might get robbed or you don't want to leave your doors unlocked because of this, that, and the third, like that's a different type of anxiety when you have to go steal to eat when you have to do certain things you just have to maneuver different like even if it ain't the worst situation in the hood you just waiting for your ac to get fixed and it take two months like you have to live in uncomfortable situations in an uncomfortable environment and you don't have a resolution so why have the conversation you just live with it and take it take it for what it is or these kids who go to school every day and they don't have a reason to learn They're overeducated on the back end, but not the front. 
they know what the the rules are. They know this, they know that like these kids that go to school every day and they're afraid that they won't make it into college. So they just stop trying. These kids who see the results of life in their family and say, just stop trying. You got 13 year olds out here more, more concerned with feeding their little sister, their little brother than they are with getting an education. How do we resolve that? That is, that is literally a triggering situation from a very young age. Like, how do we resolve the, like, how do we open this door for us to be able to have just the most uncomfortable conversations in the best ways? Because that's what we need to do for growth to take place. Unfortunately, without it, that's just, it's not, there's no resolution. And we need to have a resolution to this because we got to live with us. All of our excuses are dwindling. Now we have to live with us. And what are we going to say when it's time to look us in the mirror? Another thing that I feel that we should address in terms of this conversation is definitely the social media like aspect of it. It does not help. It does not make it better. If anything is either keeping up with the Joneses or running away from the cops low key, like that's just what it's turned into. Everything that is politicized at this point in time is very negligent or negative. And it's not, it's not necessarily the healthiest thing. And, and politics are on social media too. Social media is this untapped resource of negativity and it, it, it's not the intent behind it, but it's definitely what it's turned into. You get on social media to hear what's going wrong with somebody or what's going great with somebody. And most of the time what's going great with someone doesn't necessarily give you the tools to be great. So it turns into something else. Like not many people, regardless of how many likes they, they, they give out are happy with themselves when they get off of the internet. They have to go back into this real world that don't necessarily include them. And that's, we got to figure out a way to resolve that. Like, how do we, how do we, how do we do better as a community? You feel me? Like, how do we do better when it comes down to social media? If every week you seeing somebody get shot by the cops, if every week you seeing somebody get hit in a car accident, pulled over, getting killed on Facebook Live, things of that nature. Like, if every week you're watching something that deteriorates our community, what do you what what can we do to empower them? What can we do to empower us? How can we combat this? You feel me? Like how do we create more positive avenues of communication through social media? Like how do we have more conver- like more conversation based versus I'm just looking at this for what it is and move on. And the impacts of social media on our community have been tremendous in the last, I would say, like 10 years. And that's just being real about it. Like when you think of the fact that our Sandra Bland story was covered more on social media than it was in the news. Our Trayvon Martin story, our Michael Brown, like just our Fernando Castile, that was Facebook Live. You feel me? Like multiple people had access to watching that happen in real time like you gotta think about the trauma associated with that when you're like looking at a video of a 16 year old boy getting shot 30 times like that's traumatic how do we eliminate the trauma like how do we eliminate uninvited uninvited trauma in our lives because that's really what we have there's no balance there's no structure in the realm of social media it's just social media 
So how do we as a community start to do better with that? Because I'm going to be honest with you, when you think about the fact that the CEOs and the executives of all of these companies that give you these different platforms, they won't let their kids indulge in them. You have to think about why. And we don't. That's something that has to be addressed, too. But that's a dark, the dark demon of it all. Keeping up with the Joneses or running away from the nightmare. It's Freddy Krueger or or like dopeness, 100 percent dopeness. Like it is cool to get on social media and see the positive, but not much of it is that. Like just imagine if our community stepped up and started posting our positive moments, but not only our positive moments, but our journey to getting to those moments versus hiding it. And all you see is the pretty picture at the end. All you see is the wedding. That's it. But you don't see the fact that this nigga was in shit for for 15 years. All you see is the car, but you don't see the fact that somebody been catching the bus for 10 years. Like we need to empower our journey, empower us in a way that we can provide mental security to people who don't have or people who are trying to have. That's something that we don't address. But social media is definitely a part of that conversation that that we need to acknowledge because at the end of the day, it's just as prominent as watching TV or listening to music at this point, if not more. You find your music and your TV shows on social media at this point. What do you do? It's overwhelming, I understand, but it's like how do we how do we resolve it? So at this point, I do want to kind of. Like, I've talked about my experience. I've talked about some triggers. I've talked about how I feel social media impacts this conversation. One thing I feel like needs to be talked about coupled in with that is definitely the whole point of this conversation. And that's to empower people and to at least acknowledge that there's growth somewhere. So I want to give you guys some of what I do. And it might sound crazy, but we're going to have an episode about this shit, too. But I meditate. I got my crystals. I have my salt lamps. I have my sage. I have my my lavender Epsom salt soaks. I do those different things to try to level myself out. I ca- I literally will sit and talk somebody's ear off. If you open a listening, don't say you open a listening if you're not. Okay, but I'll talk somebody's ear off and I'll run it about things that the random things that pop into my head. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I free my thoughts. I have a notebook. I have a notebook that I write in. I mean, sometimes I don't write in it as frequently as I should, but I definitely write in it. Like I have these different means of expression. I make music. I make I make I make different forms of art. I create poetry. Like, these are the things that pull me away from that. And I feel like there's oftentimes every day where we have this, I don't have enough time conversation. I I can't do this. I can't do that. At the end of the day, the only thing that you have here is you. You got kids. They all some. I'm going to be honest with you. All they have here is you. (laughs) Like, it's a lot of weight. But you have to take care of you in some capacity. You have to express things in some capacity. Anxiety, the worst thing to do when it comes to anxiety is to bottle anxiety up. Because anxiety ain't nothing but carbonated water. That's That's it. It ain't nothing but carbonated water shaking, 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 waiting to explode. You have to, at some point, objectively sit anxiety down. You feel me? Like, at some point, you have to sit it down and go, hey, 
look, homie, I think you dope, but you're not doing anything for me. Yeah, the fear that you cause, it's motivated me to do a thousand things, but it's also motivated me to never stop and to never look at me. You have to, some like, I'm going to be honest, you got to find what works for you. Some people bump their gospel on the morning in the way to work. Some people, like I said, it's, like what I do, they meditate. Some people sit in prayer, in intense prayer. You have to find something that will free you expressively. Like you have to do that because if not, then you're stuck shaken up in a bottle of substances that have no place. Legitimately. So at some point, you got to sit down and you got to look in the mirror and you got to get your post-its and you have to write down, I am beautiful. I am prosperous. I am everything that I want to be. At some point, you're going to have to sit down and go, I am not perfect. I am I'll, I'll take accountability for my imperfections, but my imperfections will not define me. At some point, you have to sit down and write in a notebook, dear blah, this is how I truthfully feel about you. Because the thing about anxiety, it don't trigger response in other people. It triggers choice in other people, a choice to respond. But most of the time, what you're worried about, the person that involves directly, they don't give a fuck. They don't care at all. Sometimes you're triggered by anxiety and wanting somebody to apologize for doing you wrong and they walk around every day with no care in the world about it. Sometimes you got to write them a note and say, hey, this is why I'm angry at you. This is why I'm upset. Even if it never touches them, at least you got it out. You have to every day if you have if you're having irrational thoughts, if you're having irrational, traumatizing, fear inducing thoughts then maybe you do need to go and see somebody. Maybe you do need to go and have an intimate conversation with a professional. And if you can't afford it, then do some research as to what will help. Sometimes the blunt works. Sometimes the Xan works. If that's what works, do it. Don't become dependent on any of these things, but do it. Do what makes you better. Do what makes you efficient. Do what makes you effective. That's what you have to do because outside of that, you're going to crumble inside of your mind and everybody else is going to think that you're good. And people don't pray for people that they feel are okay. Not unless they're directly, you know, associated with them. And not everybody is religious. Not everybody is, is in that realm of thinking. So who is really protecting you outside of you if you're not? So I think that... That's something that we should start teaching our kids and that's something that we should start utilizing with other people. Like, I respect anybody that says, hey, king, hey, queen. I respect that because that's a positive affirmation. You just told somebody that they're not a peasant in a country where they've been a peasant their whole existence. You've told someone that they are royalty in a country where they they were once three-fifths of a person. That's what you've done. And just that sometimes is enough to trigger someone to go and do some research for for someone to go and have a conversation about why they've never had that feeling before. We got to heal. We got to heal each other together and get your parents into something that you into that you just felt like they wouldn't listen to or understand. 
I got these crystals and my mama call them rocks. But I, <laughs> last week she gave me some pretty, pretty rocks that were some pretty important crystals. Like it's really dope when you can open up that freeing aspect of it because then you're not contained by fear. You've used it as you used it as a as a, a road to freedom. And that's what you have to do because this is a very, I feel like this is one of those conversations that'll, that'll force us to understand things differently and force us to understand things more effectively because that's what we have to do. It's time for us to stop guessing and to stop blaming the defaults. Let's understand consciously where we're coming from on a mental, on a mental side of things. Like, it's important. <laughs> it's important that we pay attention to us. And it's important that we take care of us. So that's my rant for the day. And I'm going to reintroduce this conversation again later so that y'all can see some other opinions on this. All of this stuff that you hear me talk about or rant about on each of these episodes at some point will be addressed again. And it will be addressed with other people and this uh, just the bounce back of their thought processes. But this is a conversation that I want to have and I want people to hear it and witness it because it is humane to have it. So thank y'all for, you know, listening to my rant once again. I appreciate you. And this will not be the last time you hear this rant. So we have made it to the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope this at least stimulated some form of a conversation or a thought process that will create a conversation in your mind. And I hope that it's motivated you to tell other people about the fact that this conversation is being had to this capacity. I would like for some feedback from you guys, if you can give me any uh, structure, just these, like we're in the beginning phase of this. We're growing, we're growing together. Like you're going to be one of the people that could be like, yo, I listened to Black and the Beast when it was just a small podcast that was being recorded in the closet versus the person who comes on after you've been listening to it for a few years now. And now they're just excited and empowered by the conversation that you've always been accustomed to. Like what? What would be your contribution and growth? What can you do? That's easy. Just tell me what you want to talk about. That's easy. Just tell me what you feel could be done better. Constructive criticism. Like we want to we want to grow together. That's what we want to do. We want this to turn into something else. We want a snowball to, to take place. We need the snowball effect, period. So let me know when it comes down to this podcast in particular, what you think. Let me know where, what does it cause for you to do when you leave here? You feel me? So at the end of the day, like I said, let's just grow together. Um, In terms of black businesses, I am looking and looking diligently in Las Vegas, Nevada for black businesses to put people on to and throughout the country. Like, let's let, I think... Maybe I can spearhead that a little bit more. So next next week, I'll actually do some more research and I'll go ahead and find a couple of black businesses to put people on to because they're out there. I can't be dramatic and make it seem like they're not. It's just really hard to find them sometimes. Anybody that watched Trigger Warning by Killer Mike, just the first episode alone, it's kind of self-explanatory. He ended up sleeping on a park bench, you know, like 
just realistically so it's one of those things that it's like it's not necessarily the easiest thing but we'll figure it out so i'll go ahead and bring y'all some more black businesses um and then also uh eventually i want to change the not the trajectory of this podcast but the experience and what makes it immersive so i got a couple of surprises coming for you guys down the line in terms of interactive conversation and in terms of just certain things that that need to be addressed differently so i'll do that and then like i said thank you guys for being loyal and patient with me thank you guys for your support and thank you for for listening most importantly thank you for listening um once again positive affirmations look in the mirror i am beautiful i am strong i am i'm more than smart i am educated i am confident i am amazing like you need to go go for a run (laughs) in the sun like lay down in the grass put you like meditate like focus on some some pineal workouts like just do some positive hippie shit or some positive square shit but do something that makes you feel good that's the purpose of this podcast for us to have conversation and to end up better to end up feeling good about certain things even if it's uncomfortable and even if it's pretty dark like this is not the first time or the last time that we're going to talk about anxiety because at the end of the day this is a beast that we deal with daily this is the definition of a daily beast that we deal with so it's gonna come up because a lot of the time anxiety is a part of the reason why shit just goes south really quick so once again guys Thank you for listening. If you relate to anything that I said, go ahead and share this because somebody else relates to it too. If you relate to anything that I said here today, go ahead and 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 subscribe because it's not going to be the last time I say some shit you relate to. We're human beings. We have to humanize us as a community and that's what the purpose of this is. Educate yourselves. Another thing that I want to say before I go, educate yourselves. Being black in America has become politicized. It is polarizing. At this point in America, you need to be careful with supporting just because a person is black. Educate yourself. 2020 is going to get real. Who has helped your community? Who has deterred it from growing? Educate yourselves. What can you do at home and on a community level to improve your community? Educate yourselves. We can do it together. We're going to do it together. Thank you guys for listening to Black and the Beast. I am your host, Kirsten, and I hope you have an amazing and beautiful day. And I hope that you can find some positivity in the conversations that we have. Much love.